When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we share the story of Phoenix Colden. Phoenix Colden disappeared on December 18, 2011, from Spanish Lake, Missouri. Three hours after Phoenix left her home, her car was found running with the driver's side door open in East St. Louis. There's been no sign of Phoenix Colden, and time has only deepened the mystery of what happened to her. This is Phoenix's story. The story of Phoenix Colden is one that a lot of us true crime people are actually familiar with. Most true crime fans have heard about the mysterious disappearance of Phoenix Colden. But for those of you who have not heard about her story, the disappearance is a true mystery, and the theories about what happened to Phoenix are wide-ranging. Phoenix Colden spent the early years of her life in Spanish Lake, Missouri. But Phoenix was born in California. Her mom, whose maiden name was Goldia Reeves, was single when she gave birth to Phoenix. But eventually, Goldia met Lawrence Colden, and the two got married. Lawrence Colden embraced Phoenix as his own child, and by the time the couple moved from California to Missouri, Lawrence had adopted Phoenix, and her last name was changed from Reeves to Colden. Phoenix remained the only child of the couple, and they raised her in a pretty strict religious way. When Phoenix was in the sixth grade, her parents made the choice to homeschool Phoenix. And so they pulled her from traditional school, and Goldia stopped working so that she could homeschool Phoenix. Growing up, Phoenix was an active child. She did fencing, she played several instruments, and she was also athletic. She really liked to play basketball. Phoenix was a smart girl, but growing up in a conservative family like hers caused Phoenix to be what some would describe as naive. In her teen years, when other people her age were hanging out, Phoenix really did not go out much. But people who knew Phoenix described her as being a happy person who enjoyed the things that she did do. Phoenix appeared to enjoy the simple life that she had with her parents. They spent time together as a family, attending church, and various activities that Phoenix was involved in. After completing high school, Phoenix decided that she would attend college, and so she enrolled at Missouri Baptist University. At 18 years old, Phoenix was ready to discover herself and establish her independence, which is something I think we can all relate to. We all come to a point in our lives where finding our independence from our parents was something we all wanted. And so, at 18, Phoenix moved out of her parents' home and moved on campus. 
And at some point, Phoenix decided that she wanted to move out of the dorms and move into an apartment with a roommate. Her mom, Goldia, was completely against the idea of her daughter living in an apartment, but after some convincing, she decided to allow Phoenix to move into the apartment. And Phoenix lived away from home for four years while attending classes. But for some reason that's not really clear, during that time, Phoenix had actually transferred from Missouri Baptist University to the University of Missouri. Now, I can't find much information about Phoenix's college experience or even what she majored in. I did see an article that said that she was undeclared, but what's odd is that at the time she vanished, Phoenix was only going into her junior year, but there isn't much explanation about what her academic path was and why, after four years of college, she was still only a junior. However, despite Phoenix's newfound freedom, she wasn't fully independent. And as far as I could tell, Phoenix's parents were her primary support system while she was living away. Her parents paid her rent, and so when her mom decided that Phoenix's rent was an unnecessary expense, Phoenix was forced to move back home. But 23-year-old Phoenix wasn't a child anymore. So in May 2011, when she had to essentially give up the freedom that she had grown so accustomed to and move back under her parents' roof, the transition was difficult for Phoenix. Phoenix had been living on her own for four years, you know, coming and going as she pleased, and she didn't have to tell her parents anything or where she was going or when she was coming back. The Coldens, however, despite having an adult daughter, still subscribed to a very strict to very strict rules, and they enforced them. Phoenix wasn't allowed to stay out late. She had a one a.m. curfew, and her parents wanted to know where she was going and what time she was coming back. Phoenix had changed a lot. You know, she wasn't the little girl that moved out four years ago. And although she was still young and in many ways still naive, Phoenix had spread her wings during her years away. Her parents weren't aware that Phoenix had been living a life that most would just say is the typical life of a young college student. But for the Coldens, it was a life that Phoenix knew that they would not approve of. In December 2011, Phoenix had been living at home for a few months. The months had been challenging for Phoenix, and she had been arguing with her parents more and more. However, despite the tension the Coldens were experiencing with Phoenix, the family would still attend church as a family. I mean, even when Phoenix was living away, she would still go to church with her parents on Sundays. So on Sunday, December 18th, 2011, Phoenix and her family attended church like they normally did. Phoenix was a part of the handbell choir, and she had performed with them that day. Phoenix's parents say that they left church that afternoon after service, and before going home, they stopped at the local Aldi's grocery store to get a few things. Her parents say that once they got home, Phoenix went up to her room to change out of her church clothes. And then, according to Goldia, Phoenix then went outside to shoot around with the basketball. Goldie recalled watching Phoenix from her bedroom window. Phoenix's father then says that when she was done shooting around with the ball, she put it back in the garage, and then he saw her get in her SUV, where she would often sit and use her phone. And so after sitting in her vehicle for a little while, 
Phoenix's father observes her backing out of the driveway of her home around 2.30 p.m. But when Phoenix left, she didn't tell her parents where she was going. And so they assumed that she was either going to the store or that she was going to a friend's house. But Phoenix doesn't return. And as it gets later, the Coldens start to worry about Phoenix. For one, she usually told them where she was going. And two, she doesn't stay out late, especially without calling. When Phoenix doesn't return that night by her curfew of 1 a.m., her mom is concerned that something might have happened to her daughter. When her parents wake up the next day and Phoenix still wasn't home, they started calling friends of Phoenix, hoping someone had seen her or heard from her. But no one knew where Phoenix was. They also checked local hospitals in case, you know, Phoenix had been in an accident and admitted to the hospital. But there were no signs of Phoenix at any hospitals in the area either. Once the Coldens learned that no one close to Phoenix had heard from her and that she wasn't at a hospital, they decided that they needed to call the police and file a missing persons report. Police, however, were not as concerned as the Coldens, according to her parents. And they refused to take the report, stating that Phoenix was an adult and that she didn't have to tell them where she was going. Now, one of the officers that came to the house did do a check of the license plate on Phoenix's car, but at the time came up with nothing. But the Coldens insisted that Phoenix had not simply left. They believed that there was no way that Phoenix would just leave and not tell them anything. So days after Phoenix was last seen by her father backing out of her driveway, the St. Louis Major Crimes Bureau is assigned to Phoenix's case, and they begin to help in the search for her. Phoenix's friends and family spend the next few weeks searching any and everywhere they can think of for any signs or any trace of Phoenix. Christmas that year came and went without Phoenix. The Coldens, however, spent Christmas passing out flyers and searching for Phoenix. But after two weeks, they had nothing. Now, two weeks after Phoenix was last seen, her mom, Goldia, receives a call from someone she said was a family friend. Goldia said that in the conversation, the man expressed his condolences, you know, regarding Phoenix being missing. And then the conversation was pretty much over. She then recalls hanging up and receiving another call about 10 minutes later from the same family friend. But this time, he has something very interesting to tell her. The family t friend tells Goldia that he somehow was able to locate Phoenix's car and that it was in a police impound lot. Now, how this family friend was able to locate Phoenix's vehicle so quickly is one of the mysteries of this story. It's never been made clear how he was able to locate the vehicle two weeks after Phoenix had disappeared, but somehow St. Louis Major Crimes Unit wasn't able to. Now, Goldia later said that it did raise suspicion to her about the family friend because he was able to find the car. However, there are so many strange things and unanswered questions about this case that the family friend finding her car moves further and further down on the list. So when Phoenix's family finds her car, 
The theories about what happened to Phoenix would open up a long trail of possibilities. They discovered that Phoenix's car has been located in East St. Louis and had been found three hours after she left home. Now, finding out this information infuriates the Coldens because they say that the overall lack of concern the police showed regarding their daughter's disappearance had caused them to miss critical evidence in the hours and days after Phoenix was last seen. Her car had been sitting in that impound lot for almost two weeks. Now, when the car was found, it was in a really rough part of St. Louis, an area called East St. Louis. And according to her parents, Phoenix had no reason to willingly be in East St. Louis. The initial report said that the car was located in the middle of the street with the keys in the ignition and the engine running. The driver's side door was also open. And when police arrived at the scene, they assumed that the car had been stolen or that the owner was fleeing and left the vehicle purposefully. But despite these assumptions, the police made no attempt to contact the vehicle's owner, even though they had all the information they needed to find the owner, who was Goldia Cordon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Once the family and detectives assigned to the case find out about her car and the location it was found in, they begin to focus their search efforts in that area. Considering the kind of area that the car was found in, police believe that the possibility that Phoenix met with foul play while she was there is quite possible. But the searches turned up nothing, no trace of Phoenix at all. Investigators turned their attention to the car that Phoenix had been driving. And although the officer who found Phoenix's vehicle noted that there was nothing found in the vehicle, that wasn't true. Phoenix's glasses and ID were inside the vehicle, as well as shoes and various other personal items. But nothing in the car had raised any red flags. The car was checked for DNA, but nothing suspicious came from the tests that were run. The Coldens were not getting the answers that they were hoping for, and the lack of police concern at the beginning and the failure to locate Phoenix's car in the hours after she disappeared had frustrated and angered them. The media also did not show much concern about Phoenix. Her family had went to every news outlet they could trying to get information out there about their daughter, but no one was interested. There was even a report that I saw where Phoenix's mom said that a news station flat out said that this story wasn't interesting. So once Phoenix's car was discovered, her mom starts to look close at her daughter's life. And in the weeks following her disappearance, Phoenix's family would learn that there were a lot of things about her that they did not know. 
Gordia decided to go through Phoenix's room to see if she could find any clues about where her daughter might have gone the day that she left her home. And while searching Phoenix's room, she found her daughter's journal. Now, when police found Phoenix's belongings in the vehicle, they found a ripped up note with handwriting that was described as looking like rushed and kind of sloppy. And when they initially asked Phoenix's parents, was it her handwriting, they both said no. But Goldia had asked for a copy of the note. And so when she went through Phoenix's journal, she found entries where the handwriting was actually similar to that found on the note. Now, the note, which had been dated December 18, 2011, the day Phoenix was last seen, according to Goldia, the note appeared to say, we think you need to make up your mind before 2012 or else I will show you what you can do about your parents. Now, in an interview on a talk show, Goldia said that she thinks that the note wasn't really to anybody, but it was more of a note to self and that she thinks that Phoenix left it in her car because she knew that if something happened to her, that they would search her car. But nonetheless, that's a really strange note to write to yourself and then tear up and, and leave in your car. The note wasn't the only strange thing the Coldens had found. After going through Phoenix's room and reading entries they found in her journal, they discovered that there were a lot of things their daughter didn't tell them. The first surprise her family gets is when a friend of Phoenix's tells her parents that Phoenix had a boyfriend that she had been living with prior to moving back home. Phoenix had been lying to her parents who thought that she was living with a female friend. They didn't even seem to be aware that she was dating, let alone in a full-blown relationship. But more than that, Phoenix had been lying to her parents for years. That was a pretty big lie to keep. Now, while the Coldens didn't even know that Phoenix was in a relationship, the boyfriend, Mike, wasn't keeping Phoenix a secret. And apparently, Phoenix had met Mike's family and had even been to family gatherings with him. So the day before she went missing, there was at least 10 calls between the pair, one of which had lasted for like two hours. But that wasn't the only secret. The Coldens went to University of Missouri after their daughter's disappearance to see, you know, if they could find any answers on campus. But while they were there, they found out that Phoenix had not enrolled in the fall semester at school. Her parents were shocked. Like, they had just assumed that she had enrolled for the fall semester as planned. They had no idea that Phoenix had missed an entire semester of school. The Coldens start to realize that there were a lot of things that they did not know about Phoenix. But despite these new revelations about their daughter, they were still convinced that Phoenix would not have left on her own. However, when you dig deeper into this case, it seems Phoenix's parents actually didn't know Phoenix very well at all. And that perhaps the daughter they knew was the daughter that she pretended to be to please her strict religious conservative parents. And Phoenix had even more secrets. In the months following her disappearance, her parents searched desperately for any answers about Phoenix and what might have happened to her. 
The Coldens ended up hiring a private investigator to help in the search for Phoenix because they didn't feel like the police were making their daughter's case a priority. And theories about sex trafficking came into play. Her deeply religious parents found themselves in places that they never imagined in search for their daughter. They ended up in seedy strip clubs and dark alleys hoping that someone would have information for them. But they came up with nothing time and time again. Ironically, not a lot of Phoenix's friends were willing to speak to her parents or police. But those that did revealed more and more information about the other side of Phoenix. In the months before she disappeared, friends of Phoenix said her behavior had changed. She seemed to be hostile and even paranoid at times. Some of her friends said that she had been experimenting with drugs, but what kind of drugs she was allegedly using was not specified. It's also not clear if the police ever found any evidence to support that Phoenix may have started using drugs of any kind. And as the mystery grew surrounding what happened to Phoenix, the complicated life that her family had no idea about made finding answers even harder. The people close to Phoenix were either not speaking or revealing very little. Now, they had only found out about her boyfriend after she disappeared, but for the Coldones, he didn't seem very concerned. He was one of the last people known to have spoke to Phoenix. According to police records, he spoke to Phoenix on the day that she went missing at about 1.45 p.m. But Mike, however, initially denied speaking to Phoenix that day and only acknowledged that he did when he was confronted with the cell phone records. But even once he acknowledged that he did speak to her, he couldn't recall what they spoke about. And despite having dated Phoenix for two-plus years and living with her, Mike and his family denied knowing Phoenix that well and asked to be left alone. Police, however, say that Mike, despite all of this, was cooperative and was ruled out as a possible suspect. But like many of these cases, despite the mysterious circumstances of Phoenix's disappearance, the mainstream media never really picked up this story. By 2012, the Coldens had spent almost all of their life savings on trying to find Phoenix. The Coldens were almost out of money when they received a tip from a man in Texas who said that he had information about where Phoenix was. The information seemed legit, and the Coldens were desperate for answers, and so they used their remaining money to pursue this new lead. But it was a scam, and it wasn't until the Coldens had spent all of their money that they find out that the man that they had been communicating with was lying and had just wanted attention. But by the time they found that out, it was too late. And the home where Phoenix had lived with her parents had went into foreclosure and the Coldens were forced to move out of their home. With no money and no help from the media, the Phoenix Colden case faded. No new leads came in. There were several sightings of Phoenix over the years, but none of them were credible or ever really panned out. And seven years after Phoenix backed out of her driveway and disappeared, Oxygen aired the two-part series, The Disappearance of Phoenix Colden. 
The series would be the first time most people had ever heard of Phoenix's story. The episode premiered November 3rd, 2018, and the details sent the web sleuths into a frenzy. But the episode revealed more information about Phoenix's disappearance and her secret life. In the series, we learned that Phoenix had two cell phones. One her family paid for, and the second one she paid for herself. Not only was this information new to the public, but apparently her parents didn't know prior to this either. When the investigators on the show speak to a young woman who described herself as Phoenix's best friend, she confirmed that Phoenix did in fact have two phones. She revealed that not only did she have the secret phone, she also had another boyfriend who she knew as Mike B. She tells them that apparently Mike B was someone that Phoenix had met at school and that he worked at a phone store and had given Phoenix a discount on the phone and that she used it to communicate with him so her parents and her boyfriend wouldn't know. The friend also helps to paint a better picture of Phoenix's mental state prior to her disappearance. She said that Phoenix had been acting differently. She said that she was angry and aggressive and was constantly arguing with her parents. She said Phoenix had also started to carry a knife. And she said the last time she saw Phoenix, she recalled them having an argument and that Phoenix had actually pulled the knife out on her. In another revelation from the documentary, we actually hear from Phoenix for the first time. In a video dubbed the selfie video, it shows Phoenix sitting in her car speaking into her camera. The video clip is short. And the full video has never been released. But in the clip, Phoenix says that she, quote, wants to start over, but she feels like she can't start over. She also said that, quote, I just want to be happy, man. I can't remember a time when I was happy, genuinely happy. I feel so stupid because I let myself go a little bit. I probably would have been in a better situation if I would have stuck with it how it used to be. And then she recites part of the serenity prayer. Lord, please help me accept the things that won't change and that I won't change the things that I can't change. The investigators describe Phoenix as a girl in crisis. Her friend who wasn't aware of Phoenix's video said that she looked depressed. But neither her friend or her parents know exactly what Phoenix was talking about in the video. The docuseries works through multiple theories about what might have happened to Phoenix, including the possibility that she became the victim of sex trafficking. However, the private investigator the family hired that had worked on the case said that that theory was unlikely, and he did not believe that Phoenix would have fallen prey to sex traffickers. They also explored the theory that Phoenix left on her own. Described as a complicated girl with a lot of secrets, it's quite possible that Phoenix just walked away and started over like she wished she could in her video. They even followed the lead that took them all the way to Alaska, to a home where a young woman using the name Phoenix Reeves was living. Reeves, of course, was the name given to Phoenix at birth. But 
that was a dead end, and the young woman was not Phoenix Colden. After the series premiered, many people thought that Phoenix had simply had enough and decided to start a new life. The internet began to theorize that Phoenix was miserable because her parents were so strict and were not really allowing her to be an adult. The amount of secrets Phoenix kept made the idea that she would leave and not tell her disapproving parents where she was going was something people thought was a strong possibility. Her best friend, however, disputed that and said that despite Phoenix's strange behavior, she doesn't think that she would be gone this long without speaking to anyone. It's been three years since the Oxygen docuseries premiered, and almost 10 years since Phoenix vanished. There's been no new information about the Phoenix case, and no other mainstream media organization has picked up her story. The true crime community, however, has done a great job of keeping this story out there. I think the complicated life of Phoenix has led the police to not prioritize this case. The story of Phoenix Colden is an extremely complicated one, filled with mystery. And at the center of that mystery is who was Phoenix Colden really? Did she walk away on her own? Or is she hiding somewhere in plain sight, afraid to come out of the shadows after all this time? Did she become the victim of foul play? Did someone she knew have something to do with what happened? You know, it's hard for me to imagine that regardless of the stress that existed in her relationship with her parents, that she would let them lose everything while she's just off living a new life. The story of Phoenix Colden has stuck with many of us. The beautiful, complicated young woman who seemed to have vanished into thin air. And since we don't know what happened to Phoenix and no real evidence to support that she is missing by choice, it's imperative that this story is not dismissed and that we continue to share it over and over until we find out what happened to Phoenix Colden. Phoenix Colden was last seen in Spanish Lake, Missouri. She is five foot six inches tall, and at the time of her disappearance, she weighed 125 pounds. If you have any information about the whereabouts of Phoenix Colden, please contact the St. Louis Police Department. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new story. Don't forget to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps our show grow so we can continue to tell these stories. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Black Girl Gone Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.